All right. Welcome. We have Buck Wise here on the Command Influence Podcast. He's actually our first official guest. So much this, pressure. My yeah, God. no, no. This man really doesn't need an introduction, but if you don't know who he is, let me introduce you to this man. Former chief marketing officer for Cardone Ventures. Um, he was a C SVP with Nike, uh, Starbucks, broadcasting career. The man moves a thousand miles an hour. He is super sharp, super intelligent, well-respected within the wow. business community. And we're just really honored and glad to have him on the show today. And so, Buck, thank you for being Brilliant. here. I appreciate it. And <clears throat> what a real honor to be on the first ever episode. Uh, you put a lot of pressure on me, but I'm I'm ready to roll. And, and my thing is this. My thing is... I want to meet more people. The more people I can meet, the better. So Remy's like, get on my podcast. I'm like, I'm there. I want to know more about businesses. I want to know more about verticals, what challenges they're having. The thing that serves me and my purpose is giving all my time and experience and knowledge to people so they can help grow their businesses. So if that's what you're doing right now, you're listening to Remy's first ever episode and you're a business owner thinking, I need to explode. I need more awareness, more attention, more conversion then like you're in the right place, hit the subscribe button because he's going to have amazing guests over the next few years. And speak, thank you. And speaking of amazing guests right here, right now on the show, Buck Wise and Buck, you know, I really want to kind of just go back to early, early, early childhood. Where were you born? I want to start there because I think a lot of, you know, people that are successful like yourself, you know, didn't necessarily come from a a family with a silver spoon that they, you know, just got handed everything to them. They had to work. They had to yeah. push through yeah. things. And I'd like to hear and like the, you know, the listeners to hear a little bit about your early childhood. Where, where were you born? Where did you come from? And then, you know, just kind of we'll go from there if that's OK. So sure, yeah, let's, let's rewind me. the tape a little bit. Where yeah. Where is Buckwise from? Where were you born? Well, you know, I, when I tell a story of my history, I like to always give a learning lesson. Otherwise, people don't really care about your personal life. They don't care about, you know, my parents got divorced when I was eight. Was eight. I identify as a Texan because I was born in Texas, but I moved when I was three. You know, it's like people don't really want to know those things. They're like, yeah, but what's in it for me? Like, what can I get out of this? So why don't I start here? Dad, son of a preacher, man. I was a middle child. And what I knew as a middle child is I love the camera. I love the microphone that I need to be heard because I was never heard. I was the middle kid. You know, right. so I got into TV and radio when I was 17 years old. And I think this is where the learning lesson starts is when I got into radio, I really honed in on the creative aspect of business because it's a creative element. It's a creative platform where you have to capture people's attention, be engaging, be entertaining, and you have to build a community. You have to drive an emotion and make people want to do things through a lens and a microphone. And so when you start a business, you know, you really, that's all you have is your creativity. If you've never built a business before, if you've never been a part of a business that went from zero to a million in revenue, then how would you even know the business acumen side of things? They don't teach you in high school. They don't teach you in college how to do your taxes for business. They don't teach you how to get a vehicle over 5,000 pounds so you don't have to pay taxes on it, right? So that you can keep it in the business. They don't teach you these things. So unless you've done it before, you know, you don't know those things. So the first place every insecure business owner goes to, and this is what I learned when I was 17 years old, is we all go to creativity. We all go to, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to get a business card and I'm going to have this great website. And 
I've got a great call to action. It's, you know, nobody's better than us, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm going to make t-shirts with the hashtag on it. And, and then I've got a kid and they're so cute. I'm going to throw them on videos and we're going to do a whole video series. Like, do you hear me? I'm saying everything I'm saying is creative and I'm going, wait, 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 where's, where's the strategy though? Where's, where's the strategy. And so later in my life, I realized there was an opportunity to build an agency. I realized there was an opportunity for me to build digital strategy because it was vacant. It was very absent when the Facebook started, MySpace started. You know, there was there was nobody that was really now there's agencies everywhere. But at that time, people were like, who's Mark Zuckerberg? And like, what is this platform? And why do you have to have a college ID to get on it? You know? And so I took that opportunity to start my own agency. And in that agency, I started working with Major League Baseball, Valvoline Oil, North American International Auto Show. And I, you know, look, I'm very much fake it till you make it, but I was inquisitive. So the the piece to strategy that everybody forgets is the quality of your questions. How inquisitive can you be where you lack experience you gain through research. And so I was researching and I was failing and I was succeeding and I was failing and I was succeeding. And as I fail, I build better successes. You know, you could very much say that, you know, in my mid twenties, I was using other people's money to learn lessons, you know, which is what business owners do when they start a business, right? They're using their own money to figure it out. And, and, and so that's what, that's what I was learning as, as a young child was, how to create, how to be creative on the TV and radio side of things, how to build my own agency. And I was learning how to hire people, how to fire people, you know, how to, how do I budget? Did I even make any money if I did my taxes right at the end of the year? Maybe I didn't, you know, cause I had no clue what I was doing. Um, but I parlayed that agency. I sold it to the world's largest agency and that was WPP. It's a, it's a, it's a massive agency holding group out of London. And when I sold that agency, I learned a lot about acquisition mergers. I learned a lot about, you know, businesses soaking in other businesses and leveraging the value propositions of those businesses and what really is value inside of it. It's crazy what people think value is. People think their revenue is value. The truth is it's systems, processes, and operations. If you don't have that, nobody wants to buy you. Nobody wants to buy you just because you have revenue. You have to prove that you can create the revenue without you, which is the big secret that I learned when I did that. But from there, and I'll wrap this up because you asked me a quick, I know you've got more questions and I don't want to take it. Oh, no, please. This is great. But, but what I really learned was when I got into the big agency space, I started working on, to your point, Starbucks, Nike, Google, and I learned the importance of big data and how important big data is. Uh, data is what fuels great strategies. Great strategies is what fuels amazing mm. creative execution. Right. So you could very much say my career was built backwards. I learned creative strategy data when in the truth, anyone starting a business needs to know the data first to inform the strategy to then create. And so that's, you know, from childhood to today, that's really been the learning curve for me is like what the importance of how we leverage all this information to create better decisions and save ourselves heartache, money, bankruptcy, um, and and build a legacy, build a legacy business, build something you can be proud of and something that you can duplicate and remove yourself from. So, that's awesome. yeah, in a nutshell, that's it. I don't think you really want to hear about, you know, me picking my nose when I was four, but I could get really personal if you wanted to, you know. No, that's 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 interesting. And, you know, I really love the fact that you started out in radio. Uh, that's 
that's not an easy industry to break into. So, you know, what, what you said right now, what you shared with everybody is truly amazing, obviously, but it's, it's so true. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have it backwards and they start trying to create content. They don't have systems and process and they can't scale. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the broadcast career because I think that's, sure. you know, where the start happened. Where, where was this in Texas? Where is this? Where was this at? How did you Tampa. get the job? Where, yeah. You know? Tampa, Tampa, Florida. And, Tampa, Florida. and, you know, uh, it, back then it wasn't, it was not easy to get into today radio fm am frequency modulated amplified modulation is actually very easy to get into they are screaming for talent in fm and am and the talent does not exist because why would you work for a multi-million dollar broadcast conglomerate when you get on youtube and do what you want when you want the way you want and make more money off the revenue than what they'd be willing to give you to sit in a box with a microphone for eight hours a day. Mm, right. Good point. So, so they really, they're no young kids anymore coming out of college or not even going to college, just going, Hey, I, I want to be on the radio. Nobody, nobody's saying that anymore. So the medium really changed. I was there in, in the, you know, in the, I, I seem to ride the top of the wave of anything that's taking place. I look for, the trends, the growth trends. And when I made that decision to get out of broadcasts and go full on into digital agency, I was watching advertising dollars decline to traditional broadcasts and advertising dollars were going up and there was an axis and it was almost like 50, 50 today. It's nowhere near 50, 50. It's like 80, 80, 20, 80% digital for most brands where they spend their budgets, 20% traditional. I love traditional uh, it's like riding a bike. I've got a sweet spot in my heart for it. Um, I think there are ways it's not, don't use it. It's how you use it in conjunction with the digital broadcast is, a, is really an awareness and a brand attention, brand awareness play. If you just want name recognition, it's a great way to kind of brand that, but it's not a good conversion tool. You're not going to be driving mass conversion through TV and radio. Um, there's too much of a lift and people want things fast at their fingertips much quicker. So, you know, to see something on TV and then to go look it up and then to buy it or to call a number and say, I want, you know, only 60 year olds, 70 year olds are doing that. Now they're watching TV and calling numbers to buy the pot and pan, you know, kids don't do that. And, and to be quite honest, Gen Z doesn't even own TVs. They don't, you know, or radios. Like I have a prediction that um, in the next 10 years, you will watch radios leave the car and you'll very much just have Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, satellite. Like you won't have radio radio. Really? Uh, yeah. If you get really deep on it, it's kind of interesting. You know, um, some people might find this interesting. Radio was invented for emergencies uh, by the government for wartime. So the signals were made to warn the city of air raid attacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why the FCC still regulates it because People started taking these government frequencies and saying, hey, we can make money with this thing. Let's play music. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about news. Hey, there's no war. What else could we use these airwaves for? You know, and they started coming up with programming and um, the government still very much owns it. The the government still very much regulates it. I think, you know, uh, for emergencies now, we go to Twitter. We don't we don't listen. No one no one in an emergency goes to the radio. Right. You know, about the only time you get you, you're going to need a radio is 
if you're in a five day power outage and everything's dead and you got a crank radio to listen, right? Right. Like that's, that's the only way, you know, so I very much think it's going to go back to government emergency only and they'll use it in some other way, but it's like, it's just such a dying dinosaur. That's crazy to think that the radio may not, you know, be the way to listen to music in the future. I mean, I know a lot of people are on Spodcast, or, I mean, excuse me, Spotify. And Spotify, yeah. Yeah, well, so, and- so radio used to be a place to discover, you know, and it's just not anymore. Uh, people can discover on their own at their own time. YouTube Music killed radio first about seven years ago. Wow. When YouTube yeah. Music launched, it let people search for music when they want, how they want. So music is really the thing that dies first in radio. News, sports, and talk still hold value in a community. Spotify has not been able to replicate that that feeling of high school sports on a Friday night. You know, right. um, uh, YouTube has not been able to replicate that. So where money is made in traditional broadcasts, which we've talked entirely too long about because no one really even cares about traditional broadcasts, but. It's just interesting to watch the way trends move, you know, um, uh, political season. They still make a ton of money because, you know, paid ads from government, government people. Sure, sure. No, that's interesting stuff. You know, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because obviously you got into radio, you got into marketing, you sold your agency. You're now in real estate. I you know, there was there was somebody along the line that influenced you. So who was it? Who was it? Who was the person that that really influenced Buck? You know, what's funny is I was just thinking about this the other day. I went back to some of my early influences. I watched, a, uh, there was a viral video on uh, uh, TikTok. This dude, he was a professional athlete, like a rugby player. I don't know where they were, Australia or something. Right. And he said, yeah, like the guy who pushed me, who made me who I am was my teacher, one of my teachers. Interesting. And and he turns around and his teacher's there. And he's like 90 years old, you know, teaches it. And dude thought the teacher had died. Like he didn't wow. know still a lot. Yeah. So dude, immediately you watch this kid's like, and the guy's probably like mid twenties, late twenties. You right. see him revert back to like his 15 year old self. He's just crying like a baby, you know? Wow. Um, you can just see all the, like the history and emotion come back. There was a guy I'd say early. So I have a lot of mentors today, a lot of okay. big, great mentors. Early years, you know, I, I think back of how, your development in those early years are so sure. important. You know, people, you can meet people today, Remy, and you just know what, what upbringing they had. You right. can tell by their sentiment, they're negative individuals. They're cautious. They're risk adverse. They don't take risk. You can just tell their mom and dad forced them into fear. You know, you can just see the environment you grew up in. And I was in an environment where I was pushed by uh, my television production teacher when I was in high school, I'd say sophomore year. So I was in TV production, sophomore, junior, senior, and same teacher, Mr. Barnes out of Lakeland, Florida. Um, He would pull me out of classes to create content. He would like, Hey, when's your Spanish class? I'm going to pull you out and let's go make a video. You know, and he would like, he like that. I mean, he just, he just loved when I would get creative and make things. He, it's like, he saw something, you know, and and he pushed me to do it and do more of it. He it's almost like he knew back then none of those classes were gonna teach me anything. Creating that content was where my heart was, you right. know. Um, so early on, you know, um he, he at one point my mom had to have a conversation. Hey, the, uh you gotta keep my kid in some of his classes. You're pulling them out <laughs> too much. Yeah. You know? Uh she told she was telling me that the other day. I didn't even know she did that, but she goes, you know, I went and told him once she he's gotta keep you in some of your classes. 
So, um, you know, uh, that probably early influences there. Um, you know, I would say, um, if you want to go early, early influences, the church is an influence on me, not from a religious standpoint. I actually have a different opinion on the religion side of things. The church isn't always the greatest place to, to understand human behavior. I mean, you sure. can, you find a lot of corruption when your dad's the preacher, sure. you see the backside of a church and all the crazy stuff that goes on. But, right. but, but however, it was a great community space for me. Mm -hmm. And we were always doing skits and plays and singing and in the choir. And so I think that's where like the content creation became easy for me is like, as a kid, I was put into scenarios where I had to perform to some degree, whatever stage it was, it was a stage, you know, nonetheless. Right. And I think I had this draw to do more and do greater. So that's probably where that came from. But I have mentors now, you know, I, I look for, you know, you like who, who's, who would you say is a mentor right now? Well, you've heard the the quote, you, you know, you are the total sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. Yeah. So I try to get around really big thinkers. Um, you know, Grant Cardone is somebody that's been a mentor of mine for the last four or five years. Okay. I had the opportunity to work with him as his chief marketing officer and his business management company for three years. So I had close proximity to Grant. Um, I learned a lot from Grant. I've got agency mentors, big chief marketing officers of other companies. One of my one of my favorite marketing mentors was Musa Tarek. He really gave me a break in the big agency side. He got me into Nike. He got me into a uh, big agency space. Um, he was the he was head of digital at Nike at one point. He was a big marketing manager at Apple. Then he was the CMO of Airbnb. Now he's uh, now he's at uh, some fintech company, and I'm I'm forgetting which one. But uh, Musa Tark's one of my uh, great great agency mentors. Uh, but you know, business mentor Grant Cardone, life, uh, mindset mentor Grant Cardone. Um, I, I love John Maxwell. I love Jim Collins. I love all these business entrepreneurs. If you read their books, right. um, I just try to, you know, here's the thing. Every mentor's got like a thing, right? That's like their big thing. And, right. and, and I just try to take a little bit from everyone. Sure. I try to stay close to, to big winners. And I take, I take from them what helps me. So I take a little bit from everyone and I use what I need to use to build the life that I'm trying to live and customize it the way I want to customize it, you know? Nice. And so when you were working with Grant, that's got to be an experience. I mean, cause he's, 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 he's a thousand miles an hour, you know? Yeah. It's, he's, you know, moving. he's, he sells something called a boot camp. He sells a sales boot camp. He does, I think three or four a year now. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there's, you know, anywhere from 700 to, you know, 2000 people fill up, a big arena and learn how to and learn how to sell. Sure. Um, working with him was the real boot camp. Was right. the life boot camp. Um, everything from setting bigger goals, um, staying positive, understanding um, you're the biggest reason you're going to fail, taking accountability. I, th I think that's probably the biggest thing he taught me. Okay. It's like everything that fails in your life is your fault. Right. One hundred percent. People are too quick to look for reasons and excuses on why things don't get done. He man, he would call your shit so fast. Right. Why didn't it get done? Why? What? What's the excuse? What's this? Why is that? Why is that? And why didn't you get up earlier? And why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it over the weekend? And why? Mm. You know, like like he just will he'll call you. He's like that check. Every every minute, man. He doesn't let he doesn't let anybody breathe around you any nonsense. You know. Right. It's just like it's just you know. 
because people are full of excuses. I mean, well, especially this, I think the culture shift for me was coming from the big agency space sure, and going into an environment like that because the agency space is filled with political bureaucracy, just crap. Kombucha on tap, bring your dog to work, sleep pods, <laughs> sleep pods for your naps, emotional distress days. You get 15 days off if you're feeling down. Oh. You know, Grant's like, what? What is all this? You know, like you didn't, you didn't have time for all this. Like, right. make, we're, what do you want? Listen, you want to make money? You want to build? You want wealth? Right. You want the freedom to do what you want, when you want, with who you want? Right. Come work for me. You, you need sleep pods, naps, kombucha on tap, and dogs at work? Like go 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 retire somewhere else. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna make money. Sure, you know. Um, so he just it's just realistic, man. puts puts everything into perspective. So and those then, three years is where you really. I mean, it was like an in depth boot camp, dude. I'm gonna tell you, I'm running my own consultancy right now. I'm working right. with business owners, real estate agents, loan officers. I got dance companies, cabinetry companies, dentists. I'm working with all kinds of different businesses. Right. I'm telling you. I could not be as successful as I was today, even with the 20 years of marketing experience, selling my agency, working with big brands. Had I not done three years with Grant, there's no way I'd be creating. Dude, I'm making more money per month right now than I've ever made in my entire life, even more than when I was with him, you know? Congratulations. Well, because I'm an owner. I'm an owner now, you know? So I have, it's a limitless potential. You can go right. as big as you're willing to go, as, as big right. as you're willing to sacrifice and work for. Right. When you own your own business, it's limitless. How big do you want to get? You know, um, I would never have set the goals I've set. I wouldn't understand the sales cycle. Okay. Like I was a good salesperson. If you think back, you know, you know, everyone's a salesperson. Everything you've done in life, you're convincing someone of something. The day you got married, you convinced them to marry you. The day you got sure. divorced, you convinced them of something, right? It's like there's always a conviction somewhere. And so I knew that. But man, Grant really studied the psychology of humans and the process of not pushing someone into a direction but pull flowing them with you, pulling them with you along the journey and to play into a place where they feel good about making decisions fast. Right. And, and, and that is really between the mindset, the goal setting, it's really the sales strategy that he taught me that has me blowing up. Like I can, you know, I can very quickly discern for if they're qualified, not qualified, um, what the real challenge is, what the real objection is versus what we call excuses versus objections. Right. Because a lot of people, the first thing they hit you with is excuse, excuse, excuse. You got to dig for the objection. The faster you dig, dig for the objection, the quicker you can overcome it. Right. Okay? So, 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 you know, that whole, like nobody, nobody teaches that. Sure. Nobody, I mean, Grant does Grant, te- you know, he's got Cardone university. He does all his, sure. his seminars and stuff, but you know, um, I, I highly recommend any business owners that are looking for sales training. Cardone University. Uh, if you got questions, DM me on Instagram. I can tell you more about it. It's at about buck. If you're on Instagram, yep. DM me. Ask me about the best world, world's best sales training. I'll hook you up with someone over there on that team because they're really, I mean, my wife's in real estate. You know, Remy, you know, right. Allie, she she uses Cardone University. Right. It works in every industry. Any industry where you got to exchange monetary value for time uh, or services, it's 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 there's nothing better than that. You know, so, you know, so that's interesting. You, I'm going to lead into this because you just said, you know, who you just named off some mentors and you just told me a little bit and told everybody about yep. this boot camp that you went through with with Grant. And, and yep. you know, that that was a 
a time recently that you just left him, right? You just recently left the company to start this new consulting agency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're I think on it was the road six months ago, I think. Right. So it's relatively, you know, new, right? And and one of the things I was talking to you, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. You were like, you yeah. know, one of the, one of my biggest challenges is being in front of people. And I was like, no way, you're a natural. Like, I mean, oh, I watch yeah. all your videos. I see you at these conferences. Yeah. You're in New York, you're in Tampa, you're in Orlando, you're in Dallas. I mean, yeah. every week you're somewhere and you're speaking in front of a group. You do it so well. Yeah. And yet you told me, you're like, hey, Remy, look, one of my biggest challenges is getting up in front of people. And I'm like, Buck, come on, stop. Yeah. Like, you, you do it really good. So t- so tell me, like, why? Why do you think that's a challenge? Because I don't see from the outside looking in. Yeah. I don't see it as a challenge for you. You do it really, really well. You're natural at it. So what? Yeah. why do you why do you feel it's a challenge? Well, nobody, nobody grows up in an environment where they're told they're shy. Mm. Nobody grows up in that environment and then set, has the confidence to become a speaker. Right. Or the confidence to be in front of a camera, the confidence. Sure to talk on a mic. So we're very much conditioned. We already kind of talked about this. You know, the environment that you grow up in is what conditions you to be the person that you are. Right. And so, um, you know, a, a few things. One, we are our own biggest enemy. Sure. Because we, you know, the fear and anxiety we have in public speaking or making content comes from our own self-doubt of ourselves. Sure. Um, introvert and extrovert is a label that somebody gave us. And we choose to accept it or deny it. Okay. And the definition of introvert extrovert is misconstrued by most people. The minute somebody says, I'm an introvert, I don't do content. I don't get on stages. I don't like to go to networking parties and meet more people. The minute somebody says that, that's not my thing. I don't do that. I realize they're letting a label from someone else determine exactly who they're going to be. Mm. And the truth is, it's a learned skill. The real defini- de- definition of introvert or extrovert is an energy inside of you. And what that means is I may be introvert and someone else may be extrovert. And we are both great on stage equally. We're both great in content. We're both very comfortable and great communicators on a microphone or looking at a camera. We're both equally great. One's introvert, one's extrovert. Right. The real definition and the real difference is I need to go to bed at the end of the night and the other, the other person doesn't, they can stay out till two in the morning because it's their core internal energy, their extrovert energy, which means they did it. They did it. They did it all day. And then they keep going. They're like, now let's go out. Let's get a drink. And me, I go, Hey, we both did great. I got to go reset. I got to go. I got to go to bed because it isn't a natural energy for me. I didn't, wasn't born out of the womb jumping on stages, shaking my hands, my jazz hands, tap dancing. I, some people literally are born that way and it feeds their energy and it doesn't feed my energy. It zaps my energy. Really? And so, and so Yeah. So like, you know, after, after I do even something like a podcast like this, right. You know, I, I I'm going to need like 30 minutes to kind of reset. I couldn't go from this to another call to another podcast, to sure. a speaking event, to creating like it zaps me. Why am I good at it? Because of repetition and consistency, because I've done it since I was 16 years old. Right. I've been on the radio, TV, and it, I had to learn. I had to learn how to do it, learn to make it natural, make learn to make it organic feeling, learn to make, you know, to create more value in the way I did it. I had to learn the skills and traits. 
And so, and so because I was learning those skills and traits, I over time became better at it. Even somebody who's naturally good on stage, not shy, not embarrassed, has tons of excitement and energy and grabs attention, might not know the strategic foundations of how to do it in a way that actually drives conversion. And so that's why I'm always talking about, you know, in real estate, they have this new theme, this new meme that they created is called bikini agents. Have you seen this yet? No, I haven't. Tell, tell me a little bit. What is yeah, it? Yeah, there's there's this new influx of real estate agents across the country where these these women will just sell vanity. You know, oh, lots so of big markets. Miami, TV. LA. Yeah, yes. you see selling, selling sunset. sunset. There you right, go. Right, right. But in the that, community, yeah. you'll see yeah. like Dallas, LA, Miami. Right. You'll see like bikinis, like hot new penthouse. You know, and and, gotcha. and they get like a hundred likes and comments and. And then, right. and then you got someone like my wife, who's she doesn't have hundreds; she's just got like 40, 50 comments. Right. And that, you know, and what people like my wife, they were looking over here and they're going, "Oh, come on, really? Like this is how you're getting leads and you're selling your your body and you're you're right. you're getting vanity likes and follow." Now they have a hundred thousand right. followers and everybody knows who they are. You look up their GCI because you can look up any agent's GCI. They okay. never perform. They wow. don't convert. They don't convert because it's vanity wrong target wrong attention wrong awareness right so they so so it's you know just having my point is this just having the 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 born ability to be an extrovert doesn't mean you know what you're doing right and and the same with being an introvert doesn't mean you can't right it's are you willing to learn how to do it and that's what i teach business owners all day long i teach business owners how to create content, how to put strategy and track through data, how to execute and go to market, how to build out organization, put automations in place, how to optimize it so when it doesn't work, you can fix it faster and save your ROI. This is what I spend my time with business owners doing all day long. You know, that's interesting. And I never thought about it from the way that you explained it. And it's a, it's a, it's a really nice way to look at it. And so you, at the end of the day, you have to kind of reset, you get yourself ready for the next day, and then you're, you're, you're at it again. I'm at it. Yeah, so yeah. To, to that point, you know, somewhere along the line, you've had some really big successes and then, you know, we all have failures, right? So what is one of the biggest things that you think you have failed at? Why? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of little failures along the way for me. And and the key is, to your point, you've got to take those failures and you got to turn them into learning lessons. Every failure is supposed to be a learning lesson. And so, uh, you know, for me, I think the biggest, so I'll, I'll use this word because this is the most dangerous word in the world. Uh-oh, pay attention, everybody. Regret. Yeah, that's a good I one. I think what I regret Right. Is not being a business owner sooner. Interesting. My wife and I, we conquered the corporate world. But hold and on a second. We, I'm going to interrupt you for just a minute because yeah. you were a digital agency that you sold. And that was early yeah. on. So how, how? what do you mean you weren't a business I, I became compl- – I, I liked the corporate world. I I, I, cru- I cruised in the corporate world. You know, cor- to, to back to my original point, when you're in the corporate space – easy to hide in a corner, be complacent. Mm. You're not working hard. Your goals get lower. You're in a team of a hundred people working on one campaign. Dude, right. you're out on the weekend. You're on the boat. You're, you know, you got 401ks, health insurance, life is good. You got a steady paycheck. Dude, I should have been building something bigger sooner. My wife, she was in corporate real estate, working for Nike, working for Columbia Sportswear, mm. uh, making six figures, 
living good, you know, mm -hmm. six figures lifestyle to joint couple, both in the six figures, you know, you're almost cracking half a million. You're like, life is good. Right. You settled, you settled, you settled. You thought 400, 500 K a year is freedom. It's not one right. lawsuit, one car accident, one cancer treatment. You're done. You don't have money. That's not real freedom. That's not real wealth. And what are you leaving for your kids? You're not leaving a lot for your kids. Like you got to really build a sustainable, scalable business to get into true wealth where you can do what you want, wherever you want to do it, you know? And that's probably my biggest regret is, you know, I'm pushing my kids now to start their business now. Like I'm like, unless you want to be a doctor or lawyer, skip college. We're going straight to the business. What are you going to do? What are you trading Love time that. and service to get more money? You know, I saw you had your son out here has a little dog business where he's uh, walking, walking dogs. dogs and playing with dogs. And he that's right, man. He created flyers. He was out there talking to people. He Dude, was, he made 180 bucks in three days. Awesome. How old is like he? What? He's eight. What eight year old that's do you awesome. know making 180 bucks in three days? That is so cool. That was you so know? cool to see. Yeah. I was I was somewhere. I was out of the state and I, I was watching the videos. And I was like thinking, this is so cool. This is you got to do it. You got really, it. really neat. There's a market somewhere for teaching kids this stuff because there really isn't a lot of education on it. You You're know, right. I was thinking about starting a YouTube for kids class. That's How to a great do idea. Because they all want to be YouTubers at 13 sure. years old, you know. So your son would do you. Does he love YouTube? So my, interesting enough, my son is into digital art and digital. Um, like crypto? No, no, not. not well, I mean. He's he's created a couple of NFTs. He's done some stuff like that. So he's dabbled in it, but he's just really getting into like, you know, anything like from developing websites and wow. developing. And it's it's fascinating because growing up, you know, I was a preacher's kid. I grew up in South Texas. I didn't yeah. have access to some of the technologies we have today. So I was kind of in that era where I'm not a millennial, but I'm yeah. a little bit older than that. Yeah. So it was, you know, all this technology was new to me. Yeah. When, when I was in my early twenties, I was like, what is this? Like, what does this yeah. do? What does that do? And so, but he has a Chromebook and has a Mac and has Dude, you know, all this he's stuff. Screaming. And, he's, he's and at school, they're doing this stuff. They have classes, like they have digital art and they like learn this stuff. And he comes home and he's showing me how to, you know, create like NFTs and using lines and code. And I'm like, what so great, what's man. Going on? So, yeah, so that's what he's into. And he loves that. And uh, he's starting uh, his freshman year this year. So we're excited for him. But uh, good. You've got three kids, right? Yourself and That's right. two three boys, kids. one girl. That's it. Married. How long have you been married, Buck? Uh, man, we're coming up August 1st. Coming up August 1st of 2022 is going to be 13 years. I think it's Don't 13. Don't get it wrong, Buck. Come on. I know. It might be. I think it's 13. Yeah. Hey, you better know. It's close. But I think we've known each other like 15, something like that. Crazy. 15 years. Yeah, well, you know man. the best way to remember an anniversary or birthday, right? How is it? Forget it once. <laughs> let's see i think siri knows what's my anniversary let's see here's what i found oh no hold on let me try what's my anniversary just to confirm oh no 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 okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to, trying to call trying to call my ex what's going on <laughs> no, I'm, just, that's, I'm joking that's hilarious no so, look let me ask you a couple questions here uh yeah hit me People have dreams what are they I mean, I, I know you said you had the regret and I can appreciate that because I think yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are listening that are, are listening to this right now and are saying to themselves, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to start my business. Buck is so yeah. right about this. Yeah. That was yeah. a regret. I get it. But dream right now, like, do you still have them? 
what is one of the biggest dreams that you have right now? What do you what do you envision? What do you what do you what do you what are you dreaming of right now? Yeah, what I enjoy, what my purpose is right now is helping business owners scale. Um, you know, I worked at big companies, small companies, SMB, like somewhere in between. Right. I love helping the individual business owners scale up anywhere right. from one to 30, 40 million in revenue. Right. That's my jam. Okay. Like startup, not so much. You got to learn, you got to trip up on your own. You got to make mistakes. Come to me when you're generating at least half a million in revenue. And let's start having conversations about how I can get you to five, get you to 10. Right. Like that's my real purpose right now. But that consulting aspect that I do love, and I'll always consult, it, it's not a scalable model. Okay. And so real estate is a scalable model. Multifamily investing is a scalable model. Okay. Cash flow investments. Uh, my wife's real estate team is a cash flow investment because the bigger her team gets, the more we're replicated and duplicated. So we don't have to sell production and okay. we can just focus on helping agents grow so that as they grow, we grow with them. And so that's the real vision. That's the real dream is, you know, 20 years from now, I don't need to be selling houses. I don't need to be consulting on calls all day as much as I love it. Right. I'll probably just be more picky and choosy about who I work with. Sure. Um, but but the, I think the big dream is, hey, let me me and my wife and take the kids and, you know, one week we're in Cabo. Next week we're in Tampa, Florida. One week we're in Dallas. Then we're in New York and then Detroit. And just just, you know, nice. tapping around the country, doing whatever we want, experiencing life and cultures and communities and letting the investment that we built and put that sweat equity into right. cash flow us back so that we can live a life of freedom. That's really the big dream. Okay. I love that. You know, that's, that's a great, great way to look at that. And so speaking of that, let's segue into this real quick here, real estate, because this is something that you guys are heavily involved in. And I yeah. know that your wife has got her agency. You're helping her run that thing. Now you guys are scaling yeah. that you guys are all over the country dealing with real estate agents everywhere, teaching them how to actually grow their business and create a brand. And what a perfect, perfect, perfect teacher yeah. to help do this because your wife brings the real estate expertise. You bring yep. the brand yep. together. You guys are like a powerhouse couple that are coming in and just, I mean, taking over the, the real estate industry by storm, which I Thank love. You, Thank so, you. So all the people out there that are in the real estate space or that are thinking about getting into real estate, you really need to be hitting up Bucket and Allie because they, they, they're doing some amazing things out there. And uh, I've already sent a couple of referrals to you. I don't know how they panned out. I know you did. Yeah, thank you for doing that, man. I, I love the connection of people, you know? Absolutely. I always say when the relationship that is there, the conversion always happens. Right. And what that means isn't you're going to get rich because the relationship's there. It means there's an exchange of trust and value. And sure. sometimes it's you spending money with someone else. Like it's not always they spend money with you. It's just, hey, don't focus on who spends the money. Focus on a real relationship with trust and value. And the money comes one way or the other. That's and nice. if it comes out of your pocket, it's usually for a good damn reason. So get excited about it, you know? So true. So true. Yeah. So yeah. what is it that you guys right now want to do with the business? I know you guys have uh, agents in, I think, like four or five different states, right? 11 states now. 11 now. We just added Hawaii. We got a new team member in Hawaii, which is Congratulations, crazy. Congratulations, Buck. So Thank 11 you. states. So is the goal to have agents in all 50 states? Is that, I mean, is that, that what you guys see? You know, I, I don't know that the location is as important as the quality of the agent. You okay. Know? We want people, and this is typically, we don't hard recruit for people, join our team, join our team. We don't have to because okay. we get agents that want to grow. We get agents that 
want to be a part of our sentiment that are like, Hey, how do we do more? I don't want to be complacent. I want to own my own business. People that have that feeling, they're like, I need to be around people like you. And so that's how we magnetize and attract people to our team. Um, What I don't want is someone that's like, yeah, I hated my desk job. Maybe real estate's fun. I should try it. (laughs) These guys will probably be able to help me. How do I do it? What do I do? Like, no wrong team. Like, I'm not going to help you. Like, You got to be aggressively motivated to change your life and know what you know and know what you don't know and say, how do I get around big thinkers so I can blow this thing up? Like those are the type of people I want to be around. And if that means, you know, 80% of our team is in Texas and Arizona and nowhere else, I don't care. Doesn't doesn't matter to me. I'll take them wherever they are. You know, it's fun to think that you have agents in every state, but the truth is we already have relationships in every state right? and every part of the country. So if somebody's like, hey, I need a home here, I want to buy a property here, I need land here, investment here, we know exactly who to call, like especially in the continental US. I know every state we've got like two or three great agents that we know personally right. that we then just do referral deals with. And we're like, let us let us help guide this decision and we'll work with somebody that we already know. So, so interesting that that and that's a good way to look at it because I mean it's about going deep, not going wide, right? So if you're looking for really growing the business, you're you're really looking for quality, which is makes sense. You're not necessarily looking to spread out agents all over. I love that strategy. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, uh, agents that work for you guys, yeah. are they first time agents or these a lot of agents that are experienced agents that are coming over to yeah, you? Yeah, it's 50 50. Okay. And you got to remember, they don't work for us. They work for them. And that's the key. They're business okay. owners. They just happen to be a part of our team. Okay. Uh, they get guidance and inspiration, motivation from us, but okay. we are by no means their boss. They're their own boss. If they fail, it's because they quit themselves. Right. Uh, and, and they are, you know, they do their own taxes like every other business owner, you know? So, so that's the biggest lesson new real estate agents have to have. Right. If they get into this and they go, oh, I joined a brokerage and I've got a job. Like, no, you don't. You joined a brokerage because your license requires one to sell and buy houses. You didn't join the brokerage as an employee. You are a business owner. It's amazing when you've been in an employee state of mind. A lot right. of these these new agents, they get into real estate and they're stuck in this weird employee state. And I'm like, look at the paper. You, 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 you're a W2, like you're, you're a contractor. You're not even like, you're, you're running a business. You need right. to get an LLC, protect yourself, leverage liability, like, you know. And you're things. teaching all of this though, right? Yeah. When people join yeah. your team, you're, you're yeah. there. That's, that's the, that's the thing that you're getting with Buck and Alley. If you join their yes. team is that you're not just swimming out there by yourself. You're getting a lot of guidance. You're getting mentorship. So. It's true that, and if you have a big team, I'm helping you get to the next break point. Some people, they come to us with a team. They already have a team. Like we have a team in Oregon. It's got a team of 15 or 20 people and they want to get to 80. So we're going to help them do that. You know, we've got the systems and processes in place to help them grow that team, double up that team in the next year. So, you know, whether you're brand new and trying to figure out how to start the business or whether you're a robust team lead, um, and we got people that own their own brokerages that dissolve it and join ours, you know, so it's like all different types of walks of life and experience. We just, you know, we just like good people with the right mindset. That's really what we look for. Well, really happy for you, Buck and Allie, and and, and for all the success that you guys have seen, especially recently with the business and with the way that you guys are growing, that you guys are doing some amazing things. And really glad that I've had the opportunity to meet you over the course of the last year and a half here. And, uh, you know, just ran into you. I was following you on Instagram and, you know, ran into the elevator. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Buck Wise. And, <laughs> and you know, we got to chatting and you're like, yeah, I live here and we live in the uh, same You're building. a good dude, Remy. I love hanging out with you, man. Whenever we get, a, I know you and I are crisscrossing the world, but whenever yeah. we're together, it's always good. 
Yeah, no, and it, it's just you can tell you're you're good people. You're uh, you're definitely a networker. You're a, you're a people person. Your 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 mission to help people is is what it's all about. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, it's really about impact over income. Because the money comes. That's right. And if you can help people and help them scale, I, you know, I love seeing people grow. And and yeah. and I think you you have a, a lot of that buck, and I love that about you. And so I wish you guys continued success. And Thank I you, love brother. the fact that you guys it. are uh, doing what you're doing. And and and, I, and I'm honored to to call you a friend and uh, Same. to to know you. And so I look forward to seeing uh, you uh, continue to blow it up in the real estate business. And so again, if you're out there, if you're in the real estate business, if you guys are doing anything with real estate sincerely you need to reach out to buck and to Allie. and uh on on the show i'll have all their credentials posted so that you guys can uh, click and uh, talk to them just drop me a dm them. that's the easiest way just go to about buck on instagram drop me a dm and let's be friends you know? absolutely because these are people that you want to know just in general and and buck's a, a wealth of knowledge and so is Allie. and so thank you for for being on here and spending thank a few you. minutes with us today and I know people are going to find this very inspiring. So before we go and before we cut out here today, some words of wisdom, some inspiration, and uh, we'll round it out with that. And just, uh, you know, you, it can be anything personal, professional. What is it, Buck? Just share it with everybody out there because I, I think that'd be a good yeah. way for us to wrap up today. I, I think the best wisdom I could give is a question. Okay. That I want everyone that's listening to this or watching this right now, I want you to ask yourself this question. If you knew you couldn't fail, if you knew failure was not an option, how much bigger would your goals be? Mm. That's the question. I love that. That's it. And once you answer that question, go do it. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Thank you, Buck, for being cool. on here today. God bless you. Love you, man. And Thank you. Love uh, you too, sure Remy. Thank you, buddy. Soon. Yeah, I might see you at the pool later. <laughs> there you go. I'm actually headed to a lunch in a little bit and then oh, we'll be man. around later on, but we'll definitely be around. I'm going to be jumping in that plunge pool today. So love it. I'll, All I'll right, Rip. Up there. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, brother. All right.